RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. Thank you very much for joining us. If you wouldn't mind, please hit that like button or the red pill as you're coming on in. Sincerely would appreciate it if you also shared the show on your favorite social media platform. Big help. Big help to the channel. All right, so today we are going to be talking about the aftermath of the motion to vacate the chair. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is speaker no more. There's a couple of names that have been thrown into the hat, and you could probably guess three of them by looking at the thumbnail of this video. But who knows? There could be even more. Is uh, is Adel wearing a Hawaiian shirt today? <laughs> We've also got some new statements from President Trump in regards to his highly unfair, highly election-related case in the state of New York. And so much more. We're also going to talk about that alien report that I mentioned yesterday. This is kind of interesting, and it's just not something that I would ever normally get the chance to talk about. So we'll discuss this all in just a moment. Sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn. Because we're going to be right back after this. So did you guys know that one of the leading reasons your skin begins to sag and form wrinkles? It's not necessarily because you're getting old, but it is because your body is missing out on essential collagen. You see, as we get older, we produce 10% less collagen every decade past the age of 30. And that right there is a major reason behind those pesky wrinkles. Now, this is why myself, along with tens of thousands of other people, have turned to this cutting-edge new substance to help reduce the visible signs of aging. Because it uses the top five most researched types of collagen, which are essential for your skin's health to support skin elasticity and skin hydration. And the best part is you're going to love it because you're going to get 53% off for the rest of the month or until they sell out, whichever comes first. So get yours today by going to my special link, healthwithredpill.com. Once again, that's healthwithredpill.com. You won't regret it. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. I got my hairs cut today. Big shout out to my boy, Paul at Tidy Chap. Thank you so much for the wonderful haircut. And I just wanted to also give a big shout out to Paul, who sent me an email yesterday. He said that my show was so annoying. I guess he hadn't watched it for a while. It was like watching Goofy deliver the news. So, Paul, I guess if you haven't been watching, you don't have to continue to keep watching, or you can just continue not watching, whatever it is you'd like to do. 
Uh, because I have to be perfectly honest. If I didn't try to have a sense of humor about these uh, dark and tragic times that we're living in, delivering you guys this news and information every day would probably send me to the nut house. And uh, I tend to believe that's probably the same between uh, a lot of you out there as well. Uh, we're talking about some dark, dark subjects, uh, no less than the fate of our nation. And it seems uh, every single day that the space around us gets just a little bit tighter, a little bit smaller, a little bit more pressure coming down on us. And uh, you got to let off steam sometimes. Like, don't be such an uptight jerk at the end of the day, because uh, you've only got one thing to do, and that's uh, wake up and, and do your best, all right? And if that's too much, then uh, Jesus, bring me home. All right, so let's begin today by saying thank you so much to each and every one of you who are here. I sincerely appreciate it. I'm going to do my best to stay off the mute button, but I have my coffee just in case. If I do happen to, blow me up in the chat, and let's talk about this interesting – oh, gosh, and of course, it's not even the correct correct window. Let me get the correct window pulled up here, guys, and here it is, the Alien Project. Now, you may or may not believe in space aliens, um, but <clears throat> I think this is an important subject uh, worth investigating, uh, at, at least – the information that is being presented to us. Because as I've said so many times in the past, I feel that at a certain point, the government is probably going to use this as an excuse um, to perhaps institute a new level of control over our lives. Now, I'm also a very curious person. If there is such a thing as, you know, aliens, alien-human hybrids, giants, Nephilim, any of these fantastic things, I want to know about it, okay? So this website right here is specifically dedicated to investigating several bodies that were found in Nazca, Peru many years ago by some grave robbers. And you might recognize the photograph that's on screen right now because this particular uh, body and a number of other bodies were presented to the Mexican Congress a couple of weeks ago. Now, I trashed that release uh, when it came out because they looked so fake to me. It looked like somebody just assembled a couple of bones together um, and then used some paper mache to cobble them together. And I even found a video debunking these things, uh, talking about how the skull was actually the skull of a llama that had just had a couple of pieces broken off right here. Uh, that's what they said about this. Uh, well, <clears throat> I've changed my mind because after finding this website where they did a full forensic examination of these bodies, they appear to be legitimate. And there's not only these little bodies, but there are bodies that appear to be some sort of Thank you, Donald, and thank you also to LKW Cross. Uh, so it appears that there are also some alien-human hybrids or mm, perhaps just some different humanoid species that were involved in this find, and uh, one of those is actually photographed right there. Let's go ahead and pull one of them up because I just thought that it was uh, so interesting. Uh, and here it is. <clears throat> Now, what's different about these bodies is that they have elongated heads. Uh, but more than that, they also only have three fingers on their feet and on their hands. So I guess three fingers and three toes, I should say. Now, 
I could have easily written this one off too and just said, okay, these are you know some some bodies that were hobbled together. Uh, the the Incas they did the skull elongations and stuff like that. Um, but the fingers actually have fingerprints, uh, which indicates that this was actually alive at one time. Um, there's also some symmetry between the bones of the fingers, the phalanges, and they're not formed exactly the same way as ours, um, but it's real. And they also did uh, some pretty detailed scans of the entire bodies. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like we're talking about uh, a, a a real thing here where we've got x-rays, uh, we've got these hyper-realistic uh, scans that were done inside of them. And the really interesting thing about the x-rays themselves is I'm not a radiologist, so I've never, uh, I've never heard this before, but apparently there are certain settings uh, that you have to, um, you have to tune an x-ray machine to get the best possible picture from your subject. And a human is going to use a certain set of settings. Well, the settings to get the x-rays of these bodies were not the same as what you use for a human. In fact, it was vastly different. And uh, it it became necessary for them to kind of tweak around with it and uh, figure out what it was. So This is some sort of a mummy that was found inside of a tomb. You can take a look here at these fingers uh, and these toes. Now, uh, the other thing is that they've actually removed the hands from one of the bodies. And when they cut them, there's bones in there. There's bones, there's skin, there's tendons. It it appears to be an intact being. Now, I I don't know the provenance of these beings. I, I don't know if this is human. I don't know if it's, you know, alien human hybrid. I don't know if it's Nephilim. I I don't know where it came from. Uh, But all I can say is that it's here. It's on Earth. And uh, and I think that it warrants a discussion. Um, What are they going to do with this information? Well, up until this point, uh, they've largely just discredited it and uh, they haven't really wanted to talk about it. There's also what appears to be a child, a small child, uh, which has sort of an elongated skull as well. This is obviously that uh, that that mummified child right here. You can tell it's young because the uh, folds of its skull, or uh, what are they called, uh, honey? The <clears throat> whatever the skull plates are, they haven't formed completely. Um, and it looks human, except for the fact that it only has the three fingers and the three toes. I mean, obviously humans have five. Also has a different skeletal structure, uh, slightly. Um, from what I understand, they also did do some, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, DNA testing on this. And the, the DNA does not match up 100% with, uh, with, with humans at all. Now, just – but I want you to take a look at this because, I mean, it does – it looks so fake, right? I mean, it totally just looks like somebody hobbled this together. It's like paper mache and stuff. Um, but – but they 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 did a, a scientific investigation of it, and it's like it's a it's a whole thing. It's a it's a real body, and uh, it's got organs and stuff in it. And uh, anyways, um, I just I think it's so vitally important because they're probably going to turn around and use this against us. And so everybody needs to just uh, keep their head on a swivel uh, because I'm not willing to give up any of my freedom for them saying that aliens are here and, and aliens are going to take us out. If anything, I think it's the federal government, uh, which have uh, these in- incredible 
ships that they haven't told us about. They're going to use this this uh, future technology uh, to try to make us believe that there is some external threat coming from someplace else. Um, so that's really all I wanted to say about this. Um, and if anybody else has looked into this and wants to contact me about it, I would be uh, highly interested. I, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to hear about it uh, if you have any additional information. It because it just it's so fascinating to me uh, because I know that there are things out there that I haven't seen yet uh, that I don't fully understand, and I'd like to get the information about it. Um, but yes, I see I see many people in the chat saying that uh, I think it's a nephilim. I I think it's t- highly possible that it could be. You know, um, yes, and it kind of looks like ET as well. Uh, so you know that makes me think that maybe. Well, I mean, how many times have we talked about predictive programming in popular culture? You know, you you look at uh, E.T. That that film was like a zeitgeist, right? It, it was so popular. Kids loved it. It was a family film. It was everywhere. It kind of put the idea of aliens in people's uh, mouths. Well, that that looks a lot like an E.T., I have to say. I mean, he's, his legs are a little bit longer, um, but they the scientists said they believe that his neck is like uh, retractable telescopic even like so like you know i mean et did that in the movie didn't he didn't he have his his head popping up and down i don't know anyways let's go back to earth let's let's talk a little bit about what's actually happening down here in the good old us of a now after kevin mccarthy was voted out as speaker of the house yesterday you can bet that emotions were running high people were all kinds of feeling, all kinds of different ways. And it was uh, kind of funny in some instances, kind of sad in other instances. In uh, the case of Republican lawmaker Ann Wagner, she allegedly cried on the House floor after Kevin McCarthy was ousted. <clears throat> I don't know if that's because she really likes Kevin McCarthy. I mean, he's not leaving Congress. He's still going to be there working with you every day. Uh, you have a Republican majority. So if you and, and your delegation there can just come to an agreement on who the next speaker of the House is going to be, you got nothing to cry about as far as I'm concerned. But yesterday, you probably remember the, the vote was 216 to 210 in favor of the speaker vote, uh, the speaker chair being vacated. I actually have a special video related to this that I wanted to play for you guys. So here we go. Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared You're fired! Get out of here! You're fired. 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 And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking 
You're fired, Kevin. You're fired. Yes, he is gone. And I just think it's so funny that people had such a uh, an emotional reaction to it. You know, I mean, Kevin McCarthy's not dead. All right. Kevin McCarthy's still going to show up to work. He's, he's not leaving the house. OK, he's not giving up his seat. He's just not going to be the one whose ass you have to kiss every single day when you want to get something done. That now is going to be reserved for somebody else. Kevin McCarthy holds the distinction of being the shortest serving speaker since 1876. As far as I know, he is the only speaker to have been removed in this capacity. Uh, that was, uh, oh, you know what? Matt Gates gave an, an excellent speech outside of uh, the house yesterday. I can't remember if we watched it or not, but uh, it was good. You know, I mean, he was getting a lot of questions from uh, mainstream reporters. They were like, you know, how are you going to get a new speaker in if you don't have the votes? Okay, well, here's how it works, lady. All right, we show up, we vote until we get to the point where we have enough votes. And all you need to do is have the Republicans get together and agree on the same person. Now, the question is, who should that person be? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, who should not have a say in that? And that is Mitch McConnell, good old Mitch the Turtle. Why? I mean, besides the fact that he doesn't care about America, besides the fact that he's married to allegedly a Chinese spy, despite the fact that his uh, father was a cocaine trafficker, allegedly, despite the fact that he probably recently had a number of strokes, uh, ischemic incidents, or is it just the fact that Mitch McConnell's in the freaking Senate? All right, stick to your own lane, Mitch. Stay in your own house. This has nothing to do with you. But he is trying to speak to Republicans in the House, suggesting that they ditch that motion to vacate the rule that's been on the books for a long time. Uh, and uh, and it was taken off under Nancy Pelosi because she didn't want to have the ability for her caucus to remove her. Now, Kevin McCarthy agreed to put it back in. Why? Because it was a check and balance. It was a check on the power of that position within the hallowed grounds of the Capitol building. Kevin McCarthy agreed that if he got enough votes to be Speaker of the House, number one, we could do the vacate the chair with a single vote. Number two, single issue bills. Okay, not omnibus appropriations loaded with pork, no backdoor deals for Ukraine, no lying to your delegation. Okay, and there is a lot more to this as well. But Kevin McCarthy screwed the pooch on all of that. Now, I saw a lot of conversation in the last 24 hours uh, about whether or not this is a good thing. Let me give you my take on this. Congress, the federal government is already at a standstill doesn't matter what legislation they pass in the House right now. Anything of consequence is never going to make it through the Senate. The only things that make it through the Senate after passing in the House are bills that benefit the uniparty. They're not bills that are benefiting the American people. And one of the reasons Congress likes to group all of these things together is because then they can hold you accountable for not voting for something 
if it had something else in it that you didn't want to support. Oh, are you saying you don't want to support the troops? Oh, gosh, you don't want to secure the border? Well, you know, that border funding comes with another $11 billion for Ukraine. So, no, I'm not going to vote for it. It's very disingenuous, and it gives these people a lot of wiggle room. This is how they like to get things done because they can pack in a whole bunch of separate issues that are not necessarily good for the American people, that are not good for the budget, that are not good for the future of this nation, that are perhaps in the short term good for their own special interests, but not good for people like you and me. So at the end of the day, Congress is already at a standstill. Anything of note will not be passed. Kevin McCarthy effed around and he found out. And if it wasn't for the brave people who voted to oust him in the Republican Party, then Kevin McCarthy might still be Speaker of the House. He might still be lying to both his delegation and to the American people and so much more. So listen to this. Kevin McCarthy ran Congress, the House, in the same way it's been run for years. All right. He thought that he could continue to run it that way. Business as usual. Something that would eventually bankrupt America. Something that would eventually, kicking the can down the road, be really bad for this country. And that's what Matt Gates was pointing to yesterday. That's what uh, Tim Burchett talked about in his uh, little message about why he was voting for it. With Kevin McCarthy's ouster, this demonstrates that we need to change the way Congress operates, because as it's being done right now, it is wholly unsustainable. He effed around and he found out. And I believe that's a win. Kevin McCarthy could have remained Speaker of the House if he wanted to abide by some very simple rules that he had previously agreed to. But instead, he stood by the Uniparty. He stood by his special interest donors and he stood by not the American people, stood with himself. He never released the January 6th footage. Okay, Uh, that is highly suspect. He, he made that secret backroom deal for Ukraine, and then he lied about it, came into Congress and said, I never did that. Well, Joe Biden just went on national television and said that you and him and Mitch McConnell came to an agreement. And yeah, there's actually a backroom deal for Ukraine. He could not stick to the rule of passing single issue bills with every single thing that Kevin McCarthy did. It was a slap in the face, not only to his delegation, it was a slap in the face to we the people. And so now with Kevin McCarthy gone, it may take them till Christmas to get somebody else in there, at which point they're going to go on another six week vacation and the country is going to grind to a halt or or because they're under the gun and they know they want to go on a six week vacation, they can come to an agreement as to who the new speaker of the House is going to be. It's up to them. But either way, it's going to be bad for them. It's going to get their constituencies at home up in arms if they choose to allow things to just degrade to the point where they stop working because we're almost there. If that happens, people are going to see this as another uniparty failure. All we're demanding is one thing. Effective government. That is not too much to ask. That's not too much for Matt Gates to ask. That's not too much for any of the Republicans who voted you know, on the same side as the Democrats. Now, they didn't vote together because they all hate America. 
The Democrats just want to see turmoil in the Republican Party. So this is an opportunity for the Republicans in the House to show that we don't have to be in turmoil. We can keep promises. At least I know I can keep my promise. I know you guys can keep your promises. But Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his promise. I I think there's probably a lot of other Republicans who can't keep their promises either. We could potentially have a Speaker of the House in there that people are willing to vote on that would also be willing to hold to the same rules and regulations that Kevin McCarthy originally agreed to. And if they do not abide by those rules and regulations, they too can be vacated. You see, now every single person in that chamber understands that Matt Gates ain't playing around. He also They also know that he has at least seven other allies in that delegation who can also do the same thing. doesn't have to be Matt Gates next time. If the new Speaker of the House wants to play around, he can find out as well. Right now, we are watching the system destroy itself. So either it's going to destroy itself because they are so egotistical, so narcissistic that they can't come to an agreement, that they can't allow themselves to do what's necessary to save this country, or it's just going to fall apart under its own weight. Either way, we just move the timeline forward, and I am 100% okay with it. I think that's exactly what we need to do. We, we have to educate America. We have to show the people of this country exactly what the heck's going on. We got to show them how broken this system is. How are we going to do that unless we demonstrate it? We're demonstrating it right now. Let's see if they come together. Mitch McConnell, he's not going to do anything to help out. So Mitch McConnell would prefer that they get rid of the rules that Kevin McCarthy agreed to. He just wants the House to abolish the motion to vacate the chair by a single member. Uh, He says that it makes the speaker's job near impossible. Does it? Really? You sure about that? I'm not sure about that. I think I think that actually holds the speaker accountable because it requires them to engage in honest behavior uh, in, in good faith bargaining. That speaker will always know that if they want to screw around, then they are going to ultimately meet the same end as Kevin McCarthy. Do you really think they want to have a shorter tenure as Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy did? Do they want to be known as the least effective Congress in the history of America? I mean, probably not. So Mitch McConnell gave this press conference and he said, I'd like to start by thanking Speaker McCarthy for his service. And then he trailed off for about 30 seconds before coming back and saying, he he didn't really. We had a great personal relationship trying to lead two very different parts of the American government. I think he has much to be proud of. We avoided a government shutdown. We did the inevitable with regard to the debt ceiling. (laughs) They continued to spend at an unsustainable rate. The power of the purse. That is the power inherent in Congress. And they've done nothing, nothing to wield that power. They could hold the government accountable with the stroke of a pen, and yet they choose not to because they don't want to go up against their special interests. Matt Gates, he was brave yesterday. He might lose his seat in Congress. That's certainly what many people are arguing to have happen. They want to kick Matt Gates out of Congress, and uh, it likely 
is going to be on the table for quite some time unless unless Matt Gates can pull some wicked DC voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did just turn into Mitch. That was Mitch's voice. <laughs> All right. So more emotions. You might have seen in that uh, little video I made of uh, Kevin McCarthy getting the speakership taken from him. Patrick McHenry, he is now the pro tempore Speaker of the House. He has been appointed as acting speaker. Well, I'm sorry. He was pro tempore speaker. It means he was Kevin McCarthy's second in command. And now he is the acting speaker. Uh, he brought the gavel down like nobody's business yesterday uh, when he adjourned the session. I just want to play this for you one more time. Chair declares, chair because, declares the House. And re- come on. Chair declares. Chair declares. Why don't chair you pause? Declares, Jeez, oh, Pete's. Okay, here we go. Some recess sub to the call. Wow, why can't I rewind it? (laughs) That's not normal. Chair declares the House and recess subject to the call of the chair. That was basically Matt Gaetz's face right there that he was imagining smashing that hammer against. Because now he's the one who's going to have to be honest. He's the one who's going to have to put up with all the BS. He's the one who's going to have to work a little bit harder. I will give Kevin McCarthy this. With the role of Speaker of the House, there are some additional duties that come with it. But here's the thing. Kevin McCarthy loves to kiss ass. He's a smoozer, schmoozer. That's what he is. Kevin McCarthy is all up in it, if he can be. And he loves to get schmoozed himself. So who could potentially? Jim Jordan put him on the thumbnail. Uh, He mentioned last night that he is mulling over a speakership. Now, I believe Jim Jordan would have the votes within the Republican delegation. He's done a bang-up job on these committees the entire time he's been in office. Uh, He's somebody who uh, largely is uh, a, a conservative. I've met Jim Jordan. I think he's a good dude. I think that... Uh, When we look at who voted to keep Kevin McCarthy yesterday, I want you to remember that all of these people had conversations before they went into that house to to debate this motion. So it's likely that somebody or multiple people had tallied up the votes. Kevin McCarthy knew he was going to lose. Every single person in that delegation knew that Kevin McCarthy was going to lose no matter how they tried to slide that one past the goalie, they knew that there were not enough votes to keep Kevin McCarthy there. So for Jim Jordan to vote with Kevin McCarthy and not against him, I don't roll too much into that. Uh, What I will put a little bit of emphasis on is if Jim Jordan becomes Speaker of the House and then does the exact same thing as Kevin McCarthy, then I know, okay? And uh, it's like, "Fool fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, Shame on you. Never be, sh- never be shamed again. What did George W. Bush say? <laughs> oh, God. So <clears throat> I would support a Jim Jordan Speaker of the House. He gave an interview to Sean Hannity last night, and he said, Sean, we've got to come to a decision as a conference. I'm going to leave that to the conference. Of course, I've talked to colleagues or colleagues have come to me and talked to me about this, but this is the decision for the conference. He said, I'm going to talk to the conference over the next week, Sean. I think that's the key. Uh, Now, he wouldn't talk about this before. Everybody said they had no desire to be Speaker of the House. Why? Because Kevin McCarthy still had that gavel. 
You don't go around making enemies in Washington, D.C., largely. Matt Gates, totally different, okay? That dude's based. He doesn't care who he upsets. He doesn't care who gets offended. He's, he's, he's a beast. That's why he's so awesome. But Jim Jordan, he is an average Midwestern Republican. Uh, doesn't mean to me that he isn't a good dude. I'm going to give him the opportunity to show me in the same way I gave Kevin McCarthy the opportunity to show me uh, despite everything that he did during the midterms. So we've also got, of course, President Donald J. Trump. His name has also been put into the hat for the speakership race. You guys probably remember before Kevin McCarthy was elected, we did a lot here uh, to discuss the possibility of a Trump speaker position. I still think that would be a great idea. We're going to hear Troy Nels' thoughts on this in just a moment, but we've got to be right back after this. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digest. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize-winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas, Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums and pet products you can buy with confidence from c60 evo and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout simply go to c60 evo.com forward slash red pill 78 and then when you're there use code red pill 78 for an additional 10 percent off your entire order once again that's c60 evo.com forward slash red pill 78 and when you support my sponsors you support this channel all right, so the question is, will Jim Jordan have to give up his committee appointments if he come if he becomes speaker of the house? I'm actually looking for that answer right now. Um I don't think so. Let me see. Uh does Kevin McCarthy have any speaker appointments? Mm. Yeah, I really don't know, guys. I honestly don't know. I don't think I don't think he would have to. Ooh, look at this. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, how backroom deals have put controversial Republicans into key roles. Ooh. Mm, yeah, I really don't know if uh, if Jim Jordan would have to give that up. I've av- I've actually never considered that. I just assumed that he wouldn't. Um but I will look into it and I will actually call some people that I know at the house and we'll find out whether or not. But um, with the uh, possibility of President Trump coming back to be Speaker of the House, that would certainly be an interesting possibility. Now, there m- might be some potential conflicts of interest uh, in that, of course, uh, President Trump is under investigation by Joe Biden's government. Uh, the House is uh, likely going to be entering into a full impeachment 
inquiry very soon. President Trump would then oversee that. I have to say, I feel like that would be really exciting to see. But I don't know if the people if the, if the House Republicans would accept that as a possibility. Um, and uh, the real question is, would President Trump do it? Uh, Stockbroker Texas says, I rarely catch you live, but I've been watching since before Muffingate and before you revealed your face. Keep up the great work. Hey, brother, thank you very much. Uh, Zach, what do you use for a search engine on your computer? I use a lot of different things for search engines on my computer. I look in Google. I look in DuckDuckGo. I look in Freespoke. Uh, I look in another one called Tusk. And I also look in Brave. And Brave, you have to, like, choose the search engine. I don't remember the one that I have in there. Um, but, yeah, so thank you, Stockbroker Texas. I appreciate you, brother. All right, so Marjorie Taylor Greene has now also endorsed Donald Trump for Speaker of the House. She says what a lot of people are thinking, we can make him Speaker and then elect him President. He will make America great again. Uh, Ken, is it Kenji? Kenji thinks, says, thank you, Zach, you freaking rock. Big fan for life of Red Pill. Thank you to Lisa, too, for the countless hours she is without you while you keep us, while you are busy keeping us informed. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, So, uh, oh, and also thank you to Sean Joe singing pretty says laughter is the best medicine. Thank you to filter dog one Tamar growl and porpoiseful also red gun 51 and filter dog one appreciate you guys over there at pilled.net make sure you're over there on pilled.net if you uh, also are on rumble I like to make sure you guys can follow me everywhere getter it's not a bad platform either they do have a chat hello to anybody who's over there on getter I know we've got a couple of hundred people watching but I don't for some reason people don't chat over there. All right. So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsing President Trump. She better. I got to say, did you guys happen to go on Twitter yesterday and look at the replies to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and any uh, buddy from the Republican caucus uh, that was discussing the fact that they wanted Kevin McCarthy to stay there? A lot of people very angry. I, I don't I didn't see anybody positive. Uh, like towards Kevin McCarthy. And you know what? I actually had found some data on just how unpopular Kevin McCarthy is. Let me let me pull this up so I can show you guys. I actually meant to put it in that video and I completely forgot. Okay. So let me get this pulled up on screen for you here. Go image. And... Desktop. Here it is. Okay. All right. So Kevin McCarthy, dis- ousted by his peers and disliked by the public. So these are a share of respondents who don't have a favorable opinion of former Speaker McCarthy. They got this poll in very quickly. Only 6% of respondents had a very favorable opinion of him. 20% somewhat favorable. Uh, 18% somewhat unfavorable, very unfavorable, 30%, the largest portion of this survey by far, and then another 26 don't know. Uh, so it, it goes to show you that Kevin McCarthy is not only disliked among the American public, but obviously he was not liked well enough among the people that he was working with. So 
uh, go back to what I was just saying. The the replies to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert were just scathing because both of them went ahead and supported Kevin McCarthy for speaker again. And uh, from anybody who's been watching, obviously, as you know, the arguments I've been making for the last two days, Kevin McCarthy didn't deserve to be speaker of the House. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, I think they were kneeling at the altar of Republican leadership there when they did that. Now, continuing on, the idea of President Trump as Speaker of the House. Sean Hannity reported last night that House Republicans have actually been in contact with President Trump uh, in an effort to get him to be the next Speaker of the House. We don't have a clip, but he said, sources are telling me at this hour some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next Speaker. And I've been told that President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary. Now, guess what? President Trump has actually now come out. He was asked earlier today and he said that, hell, he would be willing to be Speaker of the House. He said, we're going to do whatever's best for the country. Let's go ahead and watch the clip. So he said a lot of people have been contacting me about Speaker of the House and that we're going to do what's best for the country. Love to help the Republican Party. Um, If he can pull this off, guys, for him to be Speaker of the House while he's being prosecuted in so many different jurisdictions uh, would be absolutely unprecedented. And it would just go to show you how popular President Trump truly is. What if he comes back in? And he completely cleans up Congress. What if he changes things to such a degree that Congress is now able to operate in a a smooth fashion and they stop wasting time? They start passing legislation. They start cutting the fat, uh, overruling things they've done in the past. I mean, this is a really, really different position to be in than the one he was in several months ago. If you'll remember, Back when he was initially contacted about being Speaker of the House, he said he had no desire. He said, I don't want to be Speaker of the House. And at the last minute, he nominated, well, I mean, he he endorsed, rather, Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. I've, I've thought for a long time that that was a power play to show the American people in the same way that it was with Joe Biden what ineffective leadership looks like. When you have somebody that doesn't know how to lead, that's in it for themselves and who isn't doing it for the right reasons, it becomes very obvious very quickly. We have been entering into this like quickening phase of this awakening process. More and more people waking up faster, harder, uh, you know, to a greater degree every single day. So for President Trump to say that he's willing to do it, that goes to show you a very different mindset that President Trump is working with today than what he did just a few months ago. Now, apparently, Jim Jordan has officially launched his own bid to be Speaker of the House. He's no longer just considering it. That means that he went to work today and he actually had conversations with people and he must think that the votes are within reach. Uh, So he is not the only one, but here is his uh, letter that he wrote to the House of Representatives asking for their support. He said, dear colleague, the American people have entrusted us to lead in the House of Representatives. 
Our majority has had success in the first nine months of the 118th Congress. We should be proud of what we have achieved together in these divided times. But our work is not done. Far-left progressive policies are destroying our communities, our security, and our future. We have soaring crime across the country. We have an administration with open border policies that have caused chaos and left our country vulnerable. We've seen federal agencies turned on the American people, silencing speech online, targeting parents at school board meetings, and flagging pro-life Catholics as potential threats. And we've witnessed blatant double standards in federal law enforcement. We continue to spend too much money, and Americans are suffering under President Biden's economy. The Republican majority must continue to address the issues that matter to the American people. That right there is what Kevin McCarthy failed to do. We must address rising crime in major cities and reject soft on crime, pro-criminal policies. We must get our fiscal house in order, number one, and reduce spending so that we can leave more to the next generation than a crushing deficit. We must do our constitutional oversight of the federal bureaucracy to ensure they work for the American people, not the other way around. And we must continue working to secure the border and protect our national security. We agreed at the beginning of the Congress that there are three fundamental things the House must do. One, pass the bills that need to be passed. Two, do oversight. And three, rein in spending. So far, they've done jack squat. Working with Chairman Green and our leadership, I helped to deliver the most significant legislative accomplishment in this Congress, the strongest immigration and border enforcement bill ever. With other committee chairs and the members of the Judiciary Committee, I am doing the oversight and holding the administration accountable. And I have been among the leaders in pushing for fiscal discipline my entire career. He's right in both of those instances. We are at a critical crossroad in our nation's history. Now is the time for Republican conference to come together and keep our promises to Americans. The problems we face are challenging, but they are not insurmountable. We can focus on the changes that improve the country and unite us in offering real solutions. But no matter what we do, we must do it together as a conference. I respectfully ask for your support for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Now, Steve Scalise has also done the exact same thing. The difference between Jim Jordan and Steve, Steve Scalise, Steve, Steve Scalise was like Kevin McCarthy's right-hand man, okay? Steve Scalise is also fighting cancer right now. So I'm not certain that he's our guy. I think I would rather see Jim Jordan in there. But to be frank, I would rather see President Trump as Speaker of the House over and above Jim Jordan. So here is Steve Scalise's letter that he wrote. We should have a tweet that included the text. Hmm. Could have sworn that it was right here just a few minutes ago. Hmm. Olivia Beavers. Let me see. Steve Scalise. Here it is. It is with a strong sense of responsibility and purpose that I seek the House Republican Conference's nomination for Speaker of the House. Read my letter to my colleagues. Let's see how different it is from Jim Jordan's. Dear colleague, we all came here to save this country from being taken down a dangerous path of destruction. We don't sacrifice time with our families to come to Washington to fight over the small things. We are here because we care about our children's futures and the kind of country they will grow up in. Under the failed leadership of President Biden and for many, the American dream is getting further out of reach. Our debt will cripple our grandchildren. Our border is wide open and must be secured. 
Our energy supply is being willingly depleted. Crime is surging. Our cities are being destroyed and drugs are flowing into our communities from Biden's open border. Every state is now a border state with millions of unvetted illegal immigrants being shipped across the country, robbing social services meant for hardworking citizens. The rule of law is in doubt. The Justice Department is weaponized to target political enemies and shield allies. Our standing around the world is in question, and there is no accountability for the decisions that allowed 13 of our soldiers to be killed in the failed surrender of Afghanistan. I firmly believe this conference is a family. When I was shot in 2017, it was members of this conference who saved my life on that field. When I made it to the hospital and my family was told my chances of surviving were low, it was the prayers from all of you that carried us through. When I was in the hospital for nearly 15 weeks, it was the possibility of getting back to work with all of you that kept me motivated to get better. During that time, I was often asked why, after nearly losing my life on this job, would I want to go back? But it was never a question for me. I love this country, and I believe we were sent here to come together and solve the immense challenges we face. As I face new challenges, I feel even more strongly about that today. I know the coming weeks ahead will be some of the most arduous times we will face together, but this conference is worth fighting for. We cannot lose sight of our shared mission. Now more than ever, we must mend the deep wounds that exist within our conference and focus on our objectives so we can get back to work for the millions of people who are counting on us. It is with that sense of responsibility and purpose that I am seeking the conference's nomination for Speaker of the House. All right, and then he kind of goes into just a whole bunch more stuff for a whole other page. I get it. Unity, that's good. You know, I'm glad you're a family, Steve. But, you know, I I feel like um, with Steve Scalise, it's going to be a little bit more about him than, than it necessarily would be for Jim Jordan. I feel like what Jim Jordan has done on these committees, uh, actually investigating the things that have been going on in our government. I mean, he's one of the only people currently in government who's actually working to uncover these things that we've been talking about for years at this point. All right. So this was one of the most shocking things to come out of yesterday's overturning of Kevin McCarthy's seat as Speaker of the House. Turns out that when Nancy Pelosi gave up her speakership, she never gave up her office. Okay, Kevin McCarthy took a different office and Nancy Pelosi was allowed to keep her speaker's office. Obviously, as Speaker of the House, you've got a much bigger office, bigger set of digs, and she was allowed to keep it. Well, Patrick McHenry found out about that and he ordered Pelosi to vacate this Capitol hideaway office by Wednesday. The only problem is Nancy Pelosi is at Dianne Feinstein's funeral in San Francisco. So as his very first act as acting speaker, Representative Patrick McHenry ordered that Nancy Pelosi vacate her Capitol hideaway office by today. Uh, Kathy, or excuse me, Patrick McHenry, I don't know how he found out. I don't know if this was an open secret, um, but the best part about it is that uh, McHenry didn't get the chance to tell Pelosi directly because she isn't even in Washington, D.C. Like I said, she's in uh, California. So she had to tell other he had to tell other people that were working for her. And she lashed out at McHenry in a tweet and said that this ruthless move to evict her from her hideaway office is a sharp departure from tradition. 
She said, sadly, I'm in California to mourn the loss of and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein. I am unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. She got summarily booted out of the office that she wasn't even supposed to keep. And uh, she was just allowed to continue on. So this is what she said. As one of his first acts as the acting speaker, Representative Patrick McHenry ordered former Speaker Nancy Pelosi to vacate her Capitol hideaway by Wednesday, according to an email that was also sent to Politico. Please vacate the space tomorrow. The room will be rekeyed. <laughs> the room is being reassigned by the acting speaker for speaker office use. Uh, and it looks like this is it. And you can see that about 8 p.m. last night, Nancy Pelosi's belongings were being shoved out. Now, I was also shocked to learn that it wasn't just Nancy Pelosi who had an office. Uh, turns out that it was also this guy right here, former Speaker of the House, uh, Steny Hoyer. He was the one who was Speaker before Nancy Pelosi. He hasn't been Speaker for a long time. He's still sitting in his older office. Well, uh, Patrick McHenry found out about that, and he also told Steny Hoyer he's got to get the heck out as well. A spokeswoman for Steny Hoyer, who's a Democrat in Maryland, told The Post that the the former House Majority Leader has also been asked to vacate his Capitol hideaway office by today. Uh, and so he is now out on his rear end in the same way that Nancy Pelosi is. Now, it's even worse than that. If we take a look at what Nancy Pelosi said in her letter to mm, – hold on just a second. Let me pull it up here so you guys can see it. Because I couldn't even believe it when I read it. Okay, with all of the important decisions that the new Republican leadership must address, which we are all eagerly awaiting, one of the first actions taken by the new speaker pro tempore was to order me to immediately vacate my office in the Capitol. Sadly, because I'm in California to mourn the loss of and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein, I am unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. The eviction is a sharp tradition from departure from tradition. As Speaker, I gave former Speaker Hastert a significantly larger suite of offices for as long as he wished. Do you guys remember Dennis Hastert? He was a Republican, and he pled guilty to molesting children. Okay, that's why he ended up not being Speaker anymore. I don't know why Dennis Hastert was allowed to remain with offices inside the Capitol building, but he was a kitty diddler. He was a pedophile. He shouldn't have been allowed to maintain offices. Nancy Pelosi shouldn't have been allowed to maintain her her uh, her her house office for her speaker office. Steny Hoyer shouldn't have been allowed to maintain his speaker office. It makes me wonder how many other pedophiles are waiting around the halls of Congress. I mean, convicted pedophiles. We know there's probably a, a lot of them. But yeah, I got to say, uh, Patrick McHenry is doing a fine job so far. And here's the kicker, guys. The Speaker pro tempore will remain the acting Speaker of the House until they elect somebody else. So that doesn't mean that they have to spend all of their time trying to elect somebody right now. They could, but they're going to do a bit of whining and dining over the course of the next week or two. And in the meantime, Patrick McHenry is going to be running things business as usual. I've, and I, Perhaps I shouldn't say business as usual because it was a broken system to begin with at the beginning. 
But anyways, some more feels about Kevin McCarthy's ouster. Uh, last night, Timber Chat appeared with uh, Brian Kilmeade. Uh, I'm sorry, that would have been this morning. And Brian Kilmeade was really, really unhappy about what went down. Let's go ahead and uh, actually pull up this clip right here. What do you think he's going to do for the Republican Party and chances of holding on to leadership and the majority when it looks like you're, having, you're the uh, ringleader of a circus led by Matt Gates, who likes to blow things up but not offer any new ideas? Are you happy following Matt Gates? Is that your leader? I'm not following. I know Jim ah, Jordan. Crap. Are you smarter than Jim Jordan? Ugh, come on. think he's going to do for the Republican Party and chances of holding on to leadership and the majority when it looks like you're having you're the uh, ringleader of a circus led by Matt Gates, who likes to blow things up but not offer any new ideas. Are you happy following Matt Gates? Is that your leader? So here's the thing. First of all, Brian Kilmeade, just by virtue of the fact that the Republican caucus has spoken and said that we want a new speaker of the House, they're not going to lose power of the House as a result of that. Republicans still have a majority, all right? The Democrats and the Republicans would have to vote for a Democrat speaker if they wanted to elect a Democrat speaker. Hakeem Jeffries, I'm certain, will attempt to become speaker once again, but Republicans are going to have to band together and agree on a single candidate and allow the vote for that candidate to move forward. It doesn't mean that we're going to give up control, and in fact— For those in Congress who actually supported truth, justice, and good government, they just secured their elections the next time around. Not following Matt Gates, I made my own decision. I didn't ask Matt. But if Matt Gates didn't challenge, you weren't going to challenge. Do what? If Matt Gates didn't stand up, you weren't going to challenge. You know that. I believe I I believe I would have. Oh come on. Otterly, uh, 3.3 thousand is, you know, pretty normal. Uh, it can go as high as 5,000. I mean, I've had, you know, as high as 10,000 watching at one time, but, you know, about 3,500, that's pretty normal. And they're, and they're oh, well. Please, you, you know, were praying please, about please. it one minute. The next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? And so you don't think Insurgen- that praying about oh, he's got He's got to invoke an insurgency. <clears throat> My God. Brian Kilmeade is such a clown. This is why nobody watches Fox News. I like Tim Burchett. I just want to let you guys know. That's why we're watching this clip. It's important. Is that what you're saying? One, one minute that's, you know, you're praying about how you're going to vote with Matt Gates. And the next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? Listen, you got a predetermined answer to everything. I, I no, I have, an, I have an opinion about what's going on. Do you have and an opinion, t- too? And you talk over me every time I try to make All a right, point. All right, make your point. The point is, is that we're... Thirty-three trillion dollars. Of course, I said your name, Otter. Didn't you just send me a letter recently, or, or was it an email? I, 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 I noticed your, your, uh, your, your name in the chat a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Yeah, we just talked." That this speaker was woefully, woefully lacking in leadership skills. He always placed the blame somewhere else. Yep. America is going to be better off with new leadership. And right. That's the bottom and who line. is it? It possibly, possibly could be Steve Scalise. It could be Elise Stefani. It could be Roger Williams out of Texas. It could be um, uh, Mark Green out of Tennessee. So they all, supported, is, is, they all supported Kevin McCarthy, including the most conservative guy I know, Jim Jordan. Why are you smarter than Jim Jordan and, and the 210-plus <laughs> Republicans? Why are you smarter? 
I represent my district, brother. And why are you smarter than me? You're right. condemning me well, because I, saying, I stand up on my own, and that's, that's I'm not what condemning I do. you. I'm questioning you. You don't like being no, you're questioned? Not. You're, no, you're, no not. you're just you're, the line of questioning is very negative, and you know that, and I right. know that. You and, and when I, this is all over with, when this is all over with, and we have a new speaker and we're running smooth, let's have this conversation again. Yeah, yeah. Brian Kilmeade, eat your foot. You don't even know what you're talking about. Who's paying Brian Kilmeade, all right? Brian Kilmeade is upset because his man in the house is not going to be there to give him special access anymore. Now, President Trump spent another day in court today, you guys. Press, uh, do-do-do. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Be musical. Okay, I get. I remember now. Yes, you were uh, uh, inquiring about how to change your name. That's right. Okay, so this is election interference. President Trump said while at court earlier today. Hopefully, they fix the issue with the microphone because it's always so quiet. Do this. Be- Let me turn that down. I'm gonna turn down that. Former President Donald Trump speaking now outside his courtroom in New York City. Let's watch. Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million, and it's worth $1.5 billion or thereabouts. But he said it was worth $18 billion. So they defrauded us because he called me a fraud. He called me a fraud, and he values Mar-a-Lago at $18 billion. $18 million. And you can't do that. It's worth probably 50 to 100 times more than that. And our corrupt attorney general, she's totally corrupt. She just wanted the publicity to run for governor. And then she failed running for governor. She had no, she had practically nothing in terms of vote. But she went after Trump because she was running for governor. That's the only reason. But she got the judge to value Mar-a-Lago for $18 million. When the smallest house in Palm Beach is probably worth $50 million. And this is the biggest, the best anywhere in the country. There's nothing like it. So they put it down at $18 million, And they said, I, I overvalued it because we had it valued at a much lower number than it's worth. And by the way, my financial documents are valued much less than my actual value, which nobody even knows. But the financial documents that I gave to the bank are much less than my actual net worth. So therefore, I gave them to the bank. They can't be abroad because I gave them lower numbers. I'm probably one of the only people ever to seek a loan. I didn't even need the loan because you see the kind of cash I have. I didn't even need loans. Maybe you don't do a deal or two. But we have a lot of cash, a lot of everything. You know, a lot of people are very surprised at how successful this is. You saw it today with the kind of cash I have and the kind of success we've had. But I'm a private company. I was never going to reveal this kind of stuff, but now it comes out. It comes out because a corrupt attorney general sued me for fraud. And then they found out they had no case. And they have no case. And today, if you read the New York Law Journal, they basically say they have no case against Trump. But I'm here, stuck here, and I can't come pay. I'd rather be right now in Iowa. I'd rather be in New Hampshire or South Carolina or Ohio or a lot of other places. But I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the 
DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy because I'm leading Biden in the polls by a lot. Mr. They made up a fake case. They're fraudulent people. And the judge already knows what he's going to do. He's a Democrat judge. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. I know this city better than anybody knows this city. There's nobody knows it like I do. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What's going on here is a shame. Our whole system is corrupt. This is corrupt, Atlanta is corrupt, and what's coming out of D.C. is corrupt. But this is a good one, because this one is interesting. This one is very interesting. Why attend? Because I want to point it out to the press how corrupt it is, because nobody else seems to be able to do it. Mr. President, New York Law Journal today did a very good job, and others have done a good job. They say there's no case here. But we have a corrupt attorney general that tried to make a case. Thank you very much. It's totally corrupt. The whole thing is fake. Even if the judge does what we think he's going to do, which is going to be to rule against President Trump, this is going to go back to appeal. President Trump is going to be okay. Uh, And uh, more information continues to come out. That law clerk that President Trump is not allowed to speak about, well, she ran for political office as a Democrat. She has donated thousands of dollars to local Democrat races. The New York state law clerk at the center of President Trump's gag order, her name is Allison Greenfield. She's the principal law clerk to the New York State Judge Arthur N. Gorin. Uh, on Tuesday, he toasted, he posted a picture she took with Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer. We saw that. And then N. Gorin issued that gag order saying that he can't talk about her or anybody else in court. She ran in the Democrat primary in Manhattan Civil Court judge seat in 2022. Uh, She still has a campaign website. She was labeled as one of the most highly qualified candidates in a February 2022 press release by the Manhattan Democrat Party. Uh, And she ended up receiving two write-in votes in the June 2022 primary election for Democrat judge of the civil court for the second municipal court district in New York City. Now, in addition, she has donated thousands of dollars to Democrat candidates. And as recently as May 2023, She's donated to state and local campaigns as well. Her most recent donation on May 30th of this year was $250 to the Jim Owls Liberal Democratic Club. Donald Trump mentioned the Democrat clubs a couple of times. That's a local LGBT branch of the Manhattan Democrat Party. Uh, She's given a total of $4,366 to Democrats in donations. Now, New York City campaign finance records also have two additional donations from Greenfield. One of them is to a local city councilman, Eric Botcher, and the other is to Christopher Mart, another local city councilman. She listed her current profession on November 10th, 2022 uh, on donations of $25 to Botcher, and her address uh, information in the state campaign finance records corresponds to 
her local records. Her zip code sits in the municipal court district where she ran for office. It's definitely her. That's the point. And President Trump has the right to call attention to these things because it's quite obvious that the people who are working to destroy him have a vested interest in doing so because they're aligned with the Democrat Party. None of this is fair. It is all a sham from the very beginning. So it's just another one of those circumstances that we're going to have to make our way through. And at the end of the day, I think President Trump is going to be okay. I hope that it can be used as a learning experience for the people of this country, for the people who don't already support Donald Trump. Look at what they're doing to him, how they're trying to destroy him, and understand that this is why we have to stand with him. This is why President Trump is our candidate, because he's a man of the people. All of these other politicians are serving themselves and certainly not serving God. Now, uh, we just learned that the FBI has quietly created a new category of extremists right ahead of the 2024 election. And guess who it includes? Uh, as of the 2024 election season, the FBI is now taking new steps to demonize Trump supporters and people who identify as MAGA Republicans. Uh, it seems pretty insane, uh, but uh, they're claiming that uh, MAGA and infiltrators caused $1.5 million in damages during the January 6th event. However, during the whole summer of love, BLM protesters and rioters caused nearly $2 billion in damages, probably single-handedly increasing insurance rates for the people of the various cities where they looted, burned down, and destroyed businesses. So now the FBI is focusing their attention on the uh, uh, categorization of political activists such as myself, such as you. Uh, and it's wholly unconstitutional. So this is coming from Newsweek. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great, it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. And that is Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. Can you believe it? Probably Paying attention to every single person on Truth Social, everybody who has MAGA in their bio, everybody who says, I support Donald Trump, you are now on an FBI watch list. Now, the challenge that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has is the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement is to pursue and present prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliation, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are all of Trump supporters, and that's according to classified data that was recently obtained by Newsweek. A current uh, FBI official says the FBI is in an almost impossible position. They said that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of the events of January 6th, but the Bureau must preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, speak freely, and protest the government. Well, apparently that's not something you're allowed to do any longer if you're a Republican or you support Donald Trump. By focusing all of their attention on President Trump and his Make America Great Again supporters, the Bureau is running the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to counter. FBI whistleblower Steve Friend weighed in on this latest revelation, and he posted about it on his Twitter right here. He said, I'm glad to see Newsweek reporting that everything I blew the whistle about is accurate. The FBI used January 6th to manipulate and artificially boost its domestic terrorism stats. 
While the number of investigations in 2021 almost doubled from 2020 to around 9,000, the number of full investigations that led to arrests was only 1,446. That's not much more than the number from the previous year, 1,146 January 6th protesters who have been charged with a crime. He submitted a written declaration to congressmen, senators, the OIG, and the OSC offices, and the FBI circumvented whistleblower protection laws, and he was constructively terminated in retaliation. Uh, Where is the weaponization committee? Where is the judiciary GOP? This was my life, and I got it. All I got was a rotten deposition and eight hours of sitting through congressional Democrats calling me a conspiracy theorist, traitor, grifter, and partisan hack. I am going to reach out to Steve Friend now that I have his Twitter account right there. But it should not surprise any of you. All the more reason to continue to be wary and mindful of what you say online and the things that you do in the real world, because it's quite clear that the federal government is watching. They are probably watching us right now. Hello, feds. Glad to have you here. I hope you're enjoying the program. Just because we want to change the way government is done does not mean that we want to engage in violent terrorist activity. In fact, far from it. That is the last thing that we want. We want a peaceful transition back to the rule of law. We do not want to engage in the types of behaviors that your friends in Antifa have been engaging in, your friends in BLM have been engaging in, and your friends in the Democrat Party have been engaging in. That's not us. Simply not us. All right, you guys, um, I wanted to uh, play this video for you right here. Mark Dice apparently trolled Fox News last night, and it was pretty funny. So let's go ahead and get a look. And that's where they declare a Mr. and a Miss Morgan State. And we've got Tyrone on the phone with us now. Tyrone, when you say poker game, what exactly happened? What transpired? Well, first we were watching, we all get together every Tuesday night, and we watch Tucker Carlson's show on X. We used to watch him on Fox News. Obviously, he's not there no more. Mm -hmm. And still being the most credible guy in the media in America, we always get together to watch Tucker Carlson. And I think he's doing probably better now that he's not with Fox News because the corporate media always controls what the teleprompter readers are able to say. And now that he doesn't have that Thank you, Tyrone. Maybe we can work to get Don back on the phone, Tracy. We can get that. (laughs) Clearly, that was not a student at Morgan State University. Uh, And that's where they declare it. Mark is funny. That was so funny. I don't know how he got on the air. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know how he got on the air, but I saw that pop up in my feed today (laughs) that he was able to do that. He's uh, he's got to be banned for life at this point. There's no way that they're going to allow him to come back on. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. so anyways, (laughs) uh, Defense attorneys in January 6th cases, numerous defense attorneys, are apparently saying that there are jurors that are being recycled amongst all of these various different cases. On September 5th, a day after Labor Day, defense attorneys discovered that their potential jury pool consisted of jurors who had been excused the week before. I've never seen this in all my years of practicing law. Stephen Metcalf, a defense attorney, fumed while exiting the federal courthouse after jury selection at Zachary Allen's trial. 
Are there any jurors left in D.C.? What is going on here? Kitsko says we are working on a peaceful change through Congress right now, the right way, starting to defund these tax forces, these task forces, I hope. I sincerely hope so as well. Thank you so much, Kitsko. Appreciate that donation. Uh, So this is an excellent question. How is it (laughs) that there are jurors that are being recycled after having been dismissed just the week before? I think the answer to that question is that the jury pool is being stacked with people who are more likely to convict people in these January 6th cases. There's no possible way that they've gone through every single juror in the city. Uh, Now, the Gateway Pundit sat as the lone observer in the courtroom to nearly the entire duration of Allen's eight-day trial and spent a number of hours talking with Metcalf about this peculiar jury selection. Now, uh, apparently during the jury selection, Metcalf asked each potential juror uh, that he was allowed to vet whether they recognized anyone else in the room. By day two, dozens of the potential jurors answered in the affirmative, referencing other individuals they convened with at the federal courthouse just a week prior when they were struck down for jury duty in other January 6th cases. His line of questioning confirmed that these jurors are being recycled, and it's become kind of a running joke in the courtroom. Do you recognize anyone in this courtroom? Metcalf uh, asked a woman who was later seated on the jury. Yes, I saw some of the people here last week when I was called for jury selection in another case, she replied. (laughs) Conspicuously, one potential juror after another took the stand with the same exact story. As Metcalf spoke to the approximate 20th potential juror who confirmed that they were also at jury selection the week prior for another January 6th trial, Judge Dabney Friedrich visibly restrained from bursting into laughter. (laughs) It's not supposed to work this way. Now, neither Friedrich, the marshals, nor the prosecutors could keep a straight face. Jury selection is a big mystery amongst a litany of shocking aberrations of the application of the law in January 6th trials. When you get called for jury duty, it's supposed to be the luck of the draw. Many people go their entire lives without being summoned or answering the questions for a jury duty summons. There was one time I got called in for jury duty. I had to sit in the courtroom for an entire day waiting to see if I was going to get called back. Uh, I had to come back the next day, and I went about half the day, and then I got sent home. I wasn't going to be on the juror. Since we moved down here to Florida, I have been called up for jury duty as well. I wasn't chosen to be on the case, and I'm kind of bummed about that. I would like to be a part of something like that. Um But it's pretty rare to actually be called up for jury duty. Very rarely are people called repeatedly and actually end up back in the courtroom. But in Washington, D.C., which is a thriving metropolis, apparently many people are reporting for jury duty for two different trials two weeks in a row. That is simply not possible to be happening in an organic manner. Because a computer randomly picks prospective jurors from the jury pool during a detailed randomization procedure. That's according to the jury selection plan for the United States District Court for the District of Columbia. That would indicate that it's actually not randomly chosen by a computer. And somebody is in there stacking the deck specifically to make sure that certain potential jurors are in those pools to come on in and answer their questions. The alleged random selection process makes it highly unlikely that someone will get summoned to serve twice. That is comparable to winning the lottery multiple times. Of course, 
you're unlikely to win the lottery multiple times. You're unlikely to win the lottery even once. But once someone actually does report for service, their name is supposed to be pulled from the jury pool for at least the next 12 months. And that's even if they don't get placed on a juror. So in any 24-month period, an individual shall not be required to serve more than once as a grand or petite juror, except as may be necessary by reason of the insufficiency of the master juror list or as ordered by the court. So they must be making the the uh, excuse that every single potential juror in the uh, District of Columbia has been called up and uh, has already been questioned. Um, so it's very, very strange. You can be called for jury duty no more than once every three years, according to the Virginia State Bar. And if a prospective juror is not selected to sit on the panel or they are struck down, they are deemed to have fulfilled their service and they're not required until summoned again, which shouldn't be for another couple of years. But once they actually serve, the Jury Act also exempts an individual from federal jury service for the next two to three years, depending on the jurisdiction. The Gateway Pundit asked Metcalf, is jury selection as entirely random as the government claims, or is something else at work here, as I believe there would be? Really, what's going on is jurors were here last week. Um, <clears throat> uh, seven jury trials started yesterday. I went to other cases, and there were attorneys complaining about the same thing. Bewildered, Metcalf broke out in a tune singing the, far, the famous Marvin Gaye song, What's Going On? I went through 85 potential jurors, he explained. More than 20 people said they were here in this courthouse last week for jury selection. I identified 20 at least. Other attorneys identified more as well. So who shows up to jury selection on a Monday, gets denied on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then will actually show back up to the same courthouse again the following Tuesday? Please tell me, what is going on? Do you not see a problem here? You get excused for jury duty. You're supposed to be excused for a substantial period of time, not excused for five days during the holiday weekend. Investigate what is going on and find an expert. Uh, how long has this been going on? The Gateway Pundit wants to know. This is a huge problem. I've never seen this before. Well, the District of Columbia is obviously running out of jurors, uh, Metcalf has surmised. That's calling attention to yet another smoking gun showcasing why every January 6th trial should be relocated to a different jurisdiction. If that were the case, then all of those jurors would not have been used up. My real question is, are they even taking care of any other cases during this time where they're prosecuting these, you know, more than a thousand people all in the District of Columbia? How are there going to be anybody available for any other potential jury trial in the near future if they've already gone through every single person? But the jury pool at this point is already tainted by nature of the fact that they've come in and reported at least once before. We've got 96 percent of D.C. residents who voted for Joe Biden who will continue to vote for Democrats. Uh, a lot of those people are going to be um, ideologues. A lot of those people are going to be government employees. Uh, a lot of those people probably watch CNN and MSNBC. Uh, they don't have anybody else to call. So the clerk's office is not even going back a couple of years or months to find jurors. They have been going back to last week. That is a, a shocking thing to understand right there. They should just be able to go back five years, okay? We'll pick people from that time. But were there so many cases going on even then that they were recycling through these jurors? Then they get then they even get wiser after each jury selection process, he continued. 
Potential jurors admitted on the stand that they started Googling the January 6th cases that are listed on a calendar displayed in the hallway of the federal courthouse while waiting to be selected as a juror. They sit in a room with their devices for hours while they wait to be called in. And if you Google January 6th, you're likely to find that Zachary Allum is one of the several January 6th defendants who was standing right beside Ashley Babbitt when she was shot dead by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. I think this is him right here. Uh, In footage from the scene, Babbitt punches Allum in the face before climbing on a window in the speaker's lobby. Uh, In defense of Allum, Metcalf zealously fought to call to the stand Lieutenant Michael Byrd and officers McKenna and Tyson, the two officers who stood by beside Byrd as he shot Babbitt. That was, however, denied on the morning that Metcalf had to call his first witness. Uh, And Metcalf sounded the alarm in the smoking gun during the jury selection in Allum's case. Various other jury selections were underway at the same courthouse. And attorney Roger Roots also revealed the same mysterious jury recycling conundrum that occurred during his client, January 6th defendant Ryan Zink's trial. He said in the Zink trial, there were at least four or five in that jury pool who had been on juries for the January 6th cases. And this is not the first time. They got struck down and they get called back within days. They get summoned to the courthouse and they've already been on juries and for the same issues. So, yeah, it's a big problem. Certainly, it's ensuring that more people are being convicted of these crimes than perhaps would otherwise. They're not really getting a fair trial. Uh, I tend to believe that this is a constitutional violation. He said the absurdity of the juror recycling really supports the idea that there needs to be a change of venue for all of these cases because the whole city is running out of potential jurors. And honestly, all these cases need to be tried elsewhere where there are bigger jury pools. There are so many people left that still need to be tried in this case, in these many cases. And uh, you take a look at what people have uh, walked away with so far. You're talking about 10 years in prison, four years in prison, decades in prison. Uh, And it's just the same thing over and over and over again. These men are not getting a fair trial. There is undoubtedly people among them who did bad things. But I simply do not believe that the punishment fits the crime. All right, you guys, uh, that is going to be it for me today. Let me just say thank you to FilterDog1 and RedGun51. I don't think there's anybody else over there. And then I'm going to just mm, check this out. Zach, sounds like we got some pagers. Check the bank accounts of the jurors. Yeah, undoubtedly, there's definitely going to be some uh, monetary compensation going on right there. Okay, so let me see. Yes, four new donations. Did I get everybody? LKW Cross uh, said, I love the information you give us. And then uh, (laughs) also yesterday said, I've got to follow you daily to get the real news with an enthusiastic punch. LOL. Appreciate that. Paula said, I hope you're having a good day. Thank you. And uh, Nurse Penny, that was from the other day. She said, thank you. I didn't get a notification, but you're here at 5 p.m. as scheduled. All right, you guys. Kitsko says, never understood why birdshot when two armed officers were within four feet of her for a while. Also, no first aid offered and then carried head down down a flight of stairs. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it's because they knew that they needed to murder somebody that day and they needed to blame it on Trump supporters. Uh, Somebody had to die. Uh, And preferably, if it was among the people who were demonstrating, all the better. Uh, I think that there was a lot of pent up frustration. I also think it's possible that perhaps there could have been um, 
future type of weapons that were used to increase um, uh, anger, uh, agitation, and, uh, and, and feelings of violence and retribution. All right. So thank you very much, Kitsko. I appreciate that. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us today. Uh, before we go, let me just remind you of the final sponsors of today's program. That's going to be my friends at onenessdrops.com. At onenessdrops.com, you can use code RP78 to save 15% off your supply of chlorine dioxide water purification kits. This is an incredible solution that you just mix in two parts. It makes water clean, potable, and safe to drink. If you don't have the ability to make water safe to drink, it's not safe to drink water that you find, especially if it's in a pond or a puddle or something like that, Uh, and even uh, collecting rainwater. You need to be able to purify it. So order your Chlorine dioxide water purification kits from onenessdrops.com. The link is in the description of this video, onenessdrops.com, and uh, save 15% off every single order. Also, my friends at My Patriot Supply, when you head on over to preparewithredpill78.com, right now you can save 25% off a three-month supply of emergency food. This is over 2,000 calories a day with 21 varieties of food and a shelf life of 25 years. We're talking breakfasts, lunches, dinners. This is survival food, so it's the kind of thing you're going to want to purchase and have on hand in case the uh, proverbial ish hits the fan because you never know when things are going to go down. So click the link in the description description below, prepare with redpill78.com. And then finally, my friend Mike Lindell at mypillow.com. Apparently he's got a special offer right now. So when you head over there, make sure you use code RP78. You can save up to 80% off of every single product, whether it's the slippers, the bathrobes, the towels, the beach towels, the Giza dream sheets, the mattresses themselves, all of it. Use code RP78, save big, and support both the channel and, of course, Mike Lindell and Election Integrity. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Good luck and God bless. I hope to see you tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on Altered State with my friend Brad on Baseless – no, on Baseless – on Badlands Media. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.